Hello, everyone. This is Scott Law, and with Conversations Podcast, Dad and I are here. Dad, why don't you say hello? Hey, Scott. Good morning to you, and good morning to everyone else. Absolutely. It's a morning here. It may be evening or afternoon where you are, so uh, we're glad to be here. We've been talking about hope, and uh, Dad, in his study, has defined hope as a confident expectation in the goodness of God. That good is coming to you in the future, and that's the hope that we have. Despair would be the opposite of hope. It would be a hopelessness. It would be uh, a life and a future devoid of hope. And and what we're trying to do, Scott, is uh, compare uh, the uh, atmosphere in America, the atmosphere around the world, around the world currently, yeah. right now, with the coronavirus, uh, with the financial crash. On the Dow Jones and people looking at sit situations and uh, they need hope. And that's our message. We're going to talk about hope and the power of hope to change their situations. I love Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Do you remember that was the scripture that you shared with me the night that we had all those complications with Ariana, and, and her she, birth. She was she when she came out. She was black and blue. She had no oxygen. They thought she was going to die, and I was crying on the phone. I called you. You were out of town mm -hmm. on a ministry trip, and I you, was in Dallas. You were in Dallas. I remember. That's right. Yeah. And you just the Holy Spirit came on you, and you quoted Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, mm -hmm. and you prayed over her. You prayed for us. And she's with us now 14 years later. Wonderful. That was a beautiful, you really inspired hope in me. Answer to prayer. Praise the Lord. Amen. Basically, today I wanted to take a look at a story out of the Old Testament. Uh, the children of Israel had uh, followed Moses. Moses had given them direction to escape from the land of Egypt, and they were living out in the desert and on their way to the promised land. That, that phrase, promised land, may not mean a lot to you or me, but the term promised land comes directly from the promise that God gave to Abraham. And Abraham passed that promise on to Isaac. Isaac passed it on to Jacob. Uh, Jacob passed it on to his sons. Joseph passed it on to his sons. So the land of promise or the promised land had a great affection in the hearts of the Jewish people. They knew that was homeland for them. They knew that one day they were going to be there and take over the heritage that God had provided to them. So God's promise to Abraham gave them hope, gave them a tremendous sense of God's choice, of God's goodness. And even though they were 400 years in Egypt, imagine, that's a long time, 400 years. And uh, yet they still had a burnished promise of the promised land way down in their hearts. And uh, God came to Moses. We know the story well of the burning bush and commissioned Moses to go to Pharaoh. And Moses went to Pharaoh and said, I want you to let God's people go. And uh, Pharaoh uh, kind of waffled back and forth. And so uh, Moses performed 10 plagues in the land. And it was an awesome sense of, of God's intervention. And finally, Pharaoh let them go. And they ran. 
Uh, they left Egypt immediately. They were on their way to get to the promised land, and they hit the Red Sea. And with Pharaoh coming up their tailpipes with, with chariots and horses <laughs> and, and all the rest of it, uh, here's this big body of water, and Moses, under God's command, takes his rod, waves it over the water, comes down on the water, and uh, as he does, the water parted. And the children of Israel went across on dry ground. Now, when we join them at this point in our story, Scott, Israel and Moses have come to Kadesh Barnea. It's a spot in the, in, in the wilderness that's only 40 miles away from the actual promised land. And God gives Moses a strategy. He said, Moses, I want you to send 12 of your men into the promised land. I want them to spy out the land, and uh, I want them to spend 40 days doing it. That's a, a lot of time. So now the people are back home. There's 3 million people sitting in the desert waiting to mobilize, waiting to head for the border, to head for uh, mm. the, the River Jordan, Jericho, and all the rest that was there. And uh, they're waiting. And when the 12 spies come back, they bring a convoluted report. The Bible calls it a bad report, in essence. And uh, <laughs> That would be an understatement. Yes, an understatement. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the other side of that is that God has given us a good report, and that good report is about uh, everything that God has done, given to us. It's a report of hope and the good things of God. But the people are waiting, and finally, these spies arrive. They're carrying a huge cluster of grapes between two men who are holding the cluster of grapes, keeping it off the ground. And uh, their testimony to the children of Israel, wow, it's a land of milk and honey. Here's some of the honey. Everything that had been promised yes. and talked about. It's all there. We saw that. And yeah. they all saw it. They all were totally anticipating the hand of God moving them into the promised land. But the spies, they kind of got a little messed up. And when Moses asked them for their report, uh, there was a, a division among the spies, and let me say it this way, Scott, in a message that I preach, I, I use this saying 12 of the spies saw giants, 10 of the spies saw grasshoppers, and two, Joshua and Caleb, saw God. Let me say that again. 12 of them saw giants. There were giants in the land, huge men, men bigger than they'd ever seen before, the 12 saw them, but 10 of them were totally discouraged. They felt like, we, we won't have a chance fighting these men. But uh, Joshua and Caleb knew that they were serving God, and so they brought a good report. And, uh, wow, it, it brought consternation to the entire nation. All these people, millions of them out in the desert, and they start to cry and a wailing sound rises to heaven from people who said, we should have stayed in Egypt. We never should have left there in the first place. And, and all this stuff is going on. You know, I, I think about what we've talked about in the recent podcast about despair juxtaposed to hope. And those two souls, Joshua and Caleb, looked through the eyes of hope mm -hmm. at the situation. Exactly. And the other 10 looked through despair. 
and they saw themselves only in relation to the giants. They all say this saw the same thing, and they this, all did. Is, this is a part of what hope is. It depends on the glasses through which you're looking. Yep. And that's a paradigm. And mm-hmm. what paradigm are you putting on what you're looking at in your circumstance? What paradigm are you looking at the coronavirus? What paradigm are you looking through by looking at your finances and, and the fact that uh, you're, you're losing a lot of the money that's been set aside for old age? What glasses are you looking through? And this is the key in the whole subject of, of uh, hope. Hope provides glasses for you and I to look at. And when God provides those glasses to us, we see good. And that's why the definition I've used uh, for the last uh, several programs has been uh, hope is a confident expectation of the goodness of God. A confident expectation of the goodness of God. And I would suggest to you that right now, here in America, you and I are in the throes of a decision. And we've said several times on this program in the last several days that hope is a choice. Hope is a choice. You have to decide to hope. When you decide to hope, you change your glasses. You put on a new set of glasses. You're going to see the enemy and everything that the terror that is coming against you in disease, in financial collapse, in all the other things. You put on God's glasses and you see what Joshua and Caleb saw. That's good, Dan. You know, I think of this current podcast that we're talking, and I think maybe five, ten years from now, someone's listening to this, and, you know, the coronavirus is ten years in the past, right? Mm-hmm. But we're still going to have problems ten years from now. We're still going to have problems in our marriages, again, in our finances, in our job. We've got a crummy boss. And I think that in this life, we all experience pain and disappointment. But we all have a choice. It's mm-hmm. going back to that, what you talked about, and up to Stephen Covey, um, and what you shared before about choice. P- choice is one of the most powerful things that we have as humankind. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God, and you don't have to let setbacks define you. You don't. You can develop a confident expectation of God's goodness in your life. You can develop a mindset of hope, and it is a choice. Again, we've talked about that. We've talked about that, the choice. When the 12 spies looked at the promised land, 10 chose a mindset of despair, and two chose a mindset of hope. And that mindset of hope is directly from God. A mindset of despair is directly from the enemy. So, you know, the fact that they chose uh, to look at giants and be overwhelmed by giants And they said to Moses and the rest of the people, we were in our own sight like grasshoppers. That's terrible. And that's not denying the the two, Joshua and Caleb, did not, they accepted there were giants. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. they're giants. It's not denying a reality. It's accepting a reality, but saying God is bigger than that perceived reality. And with God's strength and power, as Caleb said, we can go up and take the land. We can go up and conquer the mountain. And he says to Moses, just let me go. I'll I'll take care of those giants by myself. Uh, But that is a challenge from the Holy Spirit to to America today for Christian nations all through the West. How are you choosing to look at coronavirus? How are you choosing to look at financial collapse? 
What glasses are you looking through? Are you willing to take the old glasses off and put on the faith glasses of God or the, the glasses of hope? Uh, you see and you have a confident expectation of the goodness of God. This We're in the throes of a decision as a nation. And it's so important that we make our choice in the right direction because if you can't see the goodness of God, then we're stuck in the mud. Where do we go? The enemies won the day. Correct. And the goodness of God is always there. Hope is always there. There is nothing that is too big that God can't help us overcome. There's nothing too big, no matter what. No matter what. Exactly. I love the words that Jesus spoke to the disciples when he said to them, lift up your eyes. Mm. Just think of those words. Lift up your eyes. In other words, it's time to look. Lift up your eyes. Look on the fields, for they are already white Mm. and ready for harvest. It's time. It's God's time for our generation. It's God's time for the church to do something major, and God is asking us to get involved. And getting involved is going to change how we look. And uh, that's why, friends, we're not just speaking the Old uh, Testament has a word called shibboleths. We're not just thinking in shibboleths or, or old truth or, or an old idea. We are thinking right now with thoughts of hope, and we're depending on the God of hope. And again, that verse from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven: I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good. God has good plans for us, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. There's the word. There's the word. God wants to give you hope and a great future for your life and your circumstance. It's a gift of hope. That's right. The gift is there for us all to receive. That's good. And it's, uh, it is so important to, to understand how we're looking at things. You know, you can see something and somebody else can see something and you see something entirely different. The 12 spies all saw the giants like Scott and I have said, but 10 of them saw grasshoppers. Just two of them saw God. And our question to you today is, in looking at America and, the, and what's going on in our nation, what are you looking at? What kind of glasses are you looking at? Pick up the glasses of hope, because God is going to bring us through. God is going to bless us. God is going to do things in the future unlike anything we've dared to believe. But our part, our part is putting on the red glasses, mm. making a choice to put on hope. I'm going to grab those hope glasses. I'm going to stick them on my nose, and I'm going to look down (laughs) my nose at everything the enemy is trying to do in the country today. (laughs) It's funny that you talk about hope glasses versus despair glasses. And, you know, most of us, like you and I, wear glasses. There's a logo or a mark on the side of the glasses, on the arms of the glasses there, that say what the brand name is. Mm -hmm. You could say Burberry or Boss or Armani or whatever type of glasses that you might have. And so ours are hope right now. And some Mm. of you have despair. Some of you have the glasses. When you look in the mirror, you're looking through eyes, through the glasses of despair. And we challenge you today to take a step and receive hope and pursue hope because it brings transformation to your life in a way that God will want for you. 
He wants to bring transformation. And, he wants to bring you through the troubles that you're facing. And one thing I, I want to stress is the importance of, of the facts that God doesn't change, but everything in life changes. Can I say that again? God doesn't change. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 5. God doesn't change, but everything in life changes. <laughs> and uh, when you look at life, uh, what do we have? We have the springtime. We have harvest. We have life and death, war and peace, all the various things that life brings us, and we're in a constant change. But God is asking us to see, ultimately, what's coming. In terms of the change and everything else going on, and everything that looks bad, and we say, wow, we're going down, we're, we're losing our retirement funds, et cetera, et cetera. No, no, no. God is in the process of change. He's changing everything around us, but he's changing for the better and not for the worse. And that's the one thing we cling to with all of our hearts. That's it's a fact. It's a fact. You know, in the book that, uh, that you wrote on hope, The Hope Habit, it's interesting that you chose that title. Hope habit, mm. habit of hope. How do we define habits in our life? It's often been said that it takes 30 days to define a habit, to break a habit mm. or to establish a habit. 30 days of choice. Every day waking up, uh, you want to def- develop a habit of exercise. You get up every day and you go take a jog or a walk or you mm. go to the gym. Mm. You want to eat better. You mm. eat better for 30 days. It helps establish it. repetition. Right. Making that choice to define that. And it's the same thing in life. You wake up, you turn off the alarm, you get ready for work, you get ready to take the kids to school. Well, right now you're not taking your kids to school. You're just going to the, <laughs> you're going to your uh, kitchen or you're going to your living room and having homeschool. But mm. you make a daily choice. And when you do that, you are really discovering what is possible when you make hope a habit in your life. You are bringing out that reality of hope. And you're defining that reality for yourselves to put those glasses on. I can't, uh, Dad and I can't emphasize that enough. Hope is a choice. Some, when you see people and you, you see how positive they are reacting to a certain situation, it's not because God made them different. It's not because he made them better than you or anyone else. It was because they made a choice. And they put, were put on the sp- right glasses. They put on the right glasses. They made a choice. That was a personal choice. Just like a, the choice to receive through faith through grace, really, um, to believe in Christ. I've got an illustration. Here, All right, Scott, I can see you raising your hand. I see that hand, Dad. Burning in my, <laughs> in my mind. In 1987, I went to a, a conference here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where we live, and there were 5,000 pastors that came from across the country and other parts of the world to meet. And I stood up in the midst of that crowd, and I told 5,000 pastors that a change was coming. I said, I've just come from Russia. I've listened to the leadership in the underground church. The prophetic word that is coming forth out of Russia is that Christianity has not seen yet the impact that, they, that Christianity is going to make inside of the Soviet Union. Many things happened. I, I remember we, we received a million-dollar offering in Kansas City to buy Bibles. We had 17 million stories of Jesus we put uh, loose out of Moscow. And it was a spiritual vacuum. 
and God was going to do something. It's, it's like a new real estate sign that's, as, that goes up saying new property for sale. That's what happened with the Eastern Bloc, new property. God saying, uh, I'm about to change the old leadership. New things are coming. Mm. The one thing I appreciate about Wayne Gretzky, I'm a Canadian, and uh, I love hockey. And Wayne Gretzky was our best hockey player in Canada. And he always said, the secret of my success is that I have the ability to anticipate where the puck will be. And I get there before it does. Friends, that is what God is asking for the church. What are you seeing happen with coronavirus, with financial collapse, and everything else happening? God is going to bring something out of this that will establish the kingdom of God in ways that you and I never expected. But he's asking you to put on glasses. Put your right glasses on. Look at this in the right way. And when we do that, we're going to get almighty excited about what's coming down the road because there are great and mighty things coming down the road. And I really think that's prophetic. This is a time right now for Christians to see this as an opportunity, not a despair, not at losing their retirement income, not at losing their job. Don't lose your faith. Hold on. Because right now, this is an opportunity that God is bringing about for the body of Christ mm. to make a radical change. Radical change, not just in the West, but in the East, everywhere, Mm. everywhere. This is an opportunity. This is another beachhead in our lives and history where the Holy Spirit can bring about radical change through the body of Christ. But you know, every morning we wake up, Scott, we we make a choice putting on glasses. We make a choice of hope or hopelessness, despair, or being excited about the goodness of God. And you put on your own glasses. Nobody else can put them on for you. And you determine what you're going to look at through those glasses. You can look through hope and the blessing of God, or you can look through impoverishment. You can look through the horrible things that the enemy brings down in life. Despair is the word I'm looking for there. Despair is so easy to hang on to, but hey, something good is going to happen to you. We have a confident expectation in the goodness of God. And I'll tell you what, I'm not changing. I'm tied into what God's doing and I want to be on his side and working with him in the days that lie ahead. That was good, Dad. In closing, I just want to say, hey, listen, if you, if you're listening to us and you feel trapped by your current situation, keep listening to the show. Because we're going to show you that by changing your thinking, you can change your future. Your future can be different because of a simple choice of putting on your hope glasses and taking off your glasses of despair. No matter how many years may have slipped through your fingers, thanks to God's grace and mercy, every minute of your future is still on your side. That's beautiful. We have the power to choose. Wow. Choose hope. Amen. Anything else to say? No, I think that's it. We'll be back. Uh, very soon with some more good news. (laughs) All right. Grace and peace on you all. And we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you for listening today to the Conversations Podcast with Terry Law and Scott Law. We hope you enjoyed it. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Terry Law Speaks. Go to terrylawspeaks.com if you'd like to book Terry to speak at your church or special event. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and many of the other major podcast platforms. You can also find us on Facebook, 
Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we continue to share the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear.